0: So, unfortunately, though, a lot of people believe that that's how it works. And we have a lot, we we pretty much have a society that kind of have this mindset that, well, if I do enough good things to balance out my bad things, somebody up there. He's keeping a list and checking it twice and uh, making sure that we're not naughty but nice, right? And we kind of think that it's like God is like this Santa Claus that just is like deciding whether or not we deserve to be with Him. And yet, that is not true. We are saved by His grace. Jesus died so that we can be with Him. There is no way we could ever do enough good to overcome sin, and and if without If that were not true, then everything that Jesus did would be for nothing. And so uh, we want to make sure we understand that. But then based on that, based on that, once we've given our life to Jesus, we need to understand we were not saved by our service, but we are saved to serve. We are called to serve. So let's pray, and we're going to jump into this. Uh, God, I just thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity for us to come together for us to hear from your word, um, for us to dig into it and understand it. God, I pray that your spirit would speak to us. God, some of the things that we're going to talk about this morning can can be difficult and maybe even, um, uh, God, we can struggle with guilt. We can feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. God, I pray that we release us of guilt. God, that we don't try to make decisions based on guilt. Um, but yet at the same time, God, that we that we do have conviction through your spirit, that, God, if you're calling us to take steps forward, God, I pray that that would be obvious in our hearts and in our lives. And, um, God, we just thank you for the attitude of service that you have, um, that although you are the God of all things, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, you gave everything um, to serve us. And, may God, we may, we, may we take on that attitude. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing as we're talking about this, I want us to see is we are created to serve. That, that is why we were created. We were created to serve. Um, so if you, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Ephesians and Romans. We're going to kind of flip back and forth there. We're going to be between Ephesians and Romans. Um, I think this one verse is on, going to be on the screen, so I'm going to jump right into it. But Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 10 says this, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, we're God's workmanship. We're created by God. Why? To do works. He, he created works for us to do. We're not saved by service, but we are saved for service. And God's kingdom Each and every one of us has a place, has a purpose, and a function to fulfill. None of us is useless in God's kingdom. Every single one of us has purpose, and he desires us to fulfill that purpose. In fact, it's one of the ways that we are the light of the world. Last week, we talked about being the light of the world, and what I want you to see from this morning is that that's one of the key ways that we can be the light of the world is is through our serving together because serving is contrary to our nature, right? Our nature is to do things for us. Our nature is to be selfish. Our nature is to, to, to do whatever it takes to advance our kingdom. But when we serve, when we put ourselves second and put others first, that's one of the greatest ways that we can be the light of the world. So. Now, let's go ahead and look at, if you've got your Bibles, let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, if you know, Romans is right after Acts. You've got the Gospels, and then you've got Acts in the New Testament. And then right after Acts, you'll see Romans. Romans chapter 12 is what we're going to look at. And I know we've spent quite a bit of time in this uh, book, and this chapter particularly, um, throughout this series, but that's because this passage fully kind of deals with all the different topics that we're looking at. So Romans chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 3, but I want you to remember what verse 2 says. It says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. See, we're not conform to what the world does, the pattern of the world, which is serving of ourself, but we are transformed into putting others first, taking on the mindset of Christ by the transformation of our minds, by turning ourselves over to him. So what does that mean to go against the flow, if you will, right? To be, be different from the world. Well, he goes on here in verse 3, and he explains it's by serving. serving putting, our, putting ourselves second is one of the ways we do that. Look what he says. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment. In accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so it is, I'm sorry, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. According to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him prophes- use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Okay. Now, before we break this down a little bit, I just want to, some of you are loophole finders. I'm a loophole finder. Raise your hand if you're a loophole finder. You like try to find, okay, I'm a loophole finder, right? So when I read this verse, if the first time I would read this verse, if no one gave me any instruction on it or I didn't look up into it, I would notice it said, well, we each have different gifts, right? And then in verse 7, it says, if it's serving, let him serve. And my first reaction would be, well, that's not my gift, Serving isn't my gift, so I don't have to serve. No, but see, if we really look at the language of what he's talking about here, if we look to the original language, he's talking actually about almost kind of what we would consider a second or an apprentice, if you will. Um, you, know, you know how in a, um, anytime you watch like the old operating. Like an operation on a ship. There's that person where the doctor says, scalpel, and they hand him a. Like, they just keep handing the doctor things. It's kind of the verse. That's kind of what he's talking about. Someone who. Doesn't mind, I just, okay, you tell me, okay, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm good at doing that. I don't need, I don't want to have to make decisions, I don't want to think, things. I just want you to tell me what to do. That's what he's saying. If that's your gift, that is a gift. Some people are good at that and some people are not. So, so that's what he's talking about. We're all called to serve. Every one of those things is actually a service that we do. That was his point here. Okay. Now, now that we're through the loophole. All right. <coughs> What's he saying? He's saying, as members of the same body, remember we talked about that? We all belong to one another. We all belong to one another as members of the same body. But not only do we only belong to one another, we each have a different purpose. And we're each called to fulfill that purpose. We're each called to use that purpose. I love what he says in verse 3. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Don't think of yourself more highly than you are. Remember what Jesus did before he went to the cross? If you don't remember, he was in the upper room with the disciples. And he got down on his hands and knees, and he washed their feet. Now, if anyone should think of themselves more highly than others, it's Jesus. And yet he, he showed that example of getting down on his hands and knees and washing the feet of the disciples. And Paul is saying, don't think of yourself more higher than you should but we have a tendency to think of ourselves higher than we should and the problem is when we do that we won't serve other people if you think of yourself as better than someone if you think of yourself as more important than someone if you think of yourself as busier than someone if you think of yourself as more valuable than someone you won't serve them Because why should I do that? Because I'm taking away from the very important things I have to do rather than coming alongside them and helping them with what they need to do. I love that he says, have sober judgment. Have sober judgment. Some translations say, to have a sane view of yourself. To have a sane view. See, just as someone can be intoxicated with alcohol, we can become intoxicated with ourselves. We can become intoxicated with ego. Right? Right? And, and he's saying, no, 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 no. Don't think of yourself that way. Right? If you've ever been around, you know, if you, people have a tendency to, to think of themselves as being able to do more than they actually can when they've had too much to drink, right? Right? If you don't know what I'm saying, go to a karaoke bar at 11 o'clock, <laughs> Right? Go to karaoke bar at 11 o'clock. 7.30, no one's singing. Only the two people that know how to sing in the place, right? 11 o'clock, all of a sudden, everyone, I, I got this, right? <laughs> right? Because we think of ourselves as being better than we actually are when we're intoxicated, right? We're, we can do more. I, I, I'm a, I can accomplish more. Now, on the other side, it's interesting. I don't think this is what he meant, but I think this is a good point for us, that on the other side, some people... I, because alcohol is a depressant, right? And so some people, when they are drinking, they actually, everything gets worse, right? Everything comes around, and, and, every, they, and I, I'm worthless, I'm completely useless, I don't, have, I don't have anything to offer. And he says, no, have a sober judgment of yourself. Don't have a distorted view of yourself, whichever way it goes. And most of us, I, if, I dare say all of us, struggle with that at some level. We either see ourselves as better than we are, or we think we have no value at all. And we have nothing to offer. And Paul says, no, no, no. Have the right view of yourself. God God created you. And each one of you has a purpose. See yourself that way. Know that you are not a mistake. That that there's nothing that can keep you from being useful in God's kingdom. That, That he created you for a purpose. I think we tend to see ourselves through carnival mirrors. You know the mirrors where... You're either taller than you actually are, or shorter, or skinnier, or fatter, or like you're in weird shapes. Right? And I think we see ourselves that way. We 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 don't see ourselves the way God sees us. We don't understand the purposes that He has created for us. And that's what Paul's saying. And then in verse 6 he says, we each have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Use those gifts. And he just goes on to say, whatever your gift is, he doesn't list every gift. This isn't, don't look at these gifts. Anytime you see these gifts in the Bible, don't look at them and go, okay, that's it. Those are the only gifts. So if I don't have one of those things, I'm, I'm not gifted. That, that's not the case. You have to look at the understanding. These are all different letters written to different churches. None of them had a full list of even any of these. So they didn't see every, every gift, even if you were to compile all the gifts throughout the Bible. They they only had portions to see. So that wasn't the intent. The intent was to say we're all gifted. Each of us has a gift. Use your gift. So let's switch over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16 says this. If you're looking for that, um, you got a Romans and then 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And then right after 1 and 2 Corinthians, you'll find Galatians, which is really short, and then Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 11, 16 says this. It was he, speaking of God, who gave, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up." "...until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ, from Him." The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, let's just break that down a little bit. Once again, he lists some gifts, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are what we we would call the leadership and teaching gifts of the church right? Different, different leadership and teaching gifts. And what does he say? Does he say God made some to be those apostles and evangelists and teachers and pastors so that they could go on and do all the works of the church? Does it say that? No. It says to prepare God's people for works of service. So see, the, leaders, the leadership of the church, that's part, one of the biggest jobs of the leadership of the church is to, to help the church understand that we each are called to be a part we each are called to do our part. We each are called to serve the purpose that God has given us. And he said, what does he say will happen when we do that? That the body of Christ becomes built up, right? It becomes strong. It becomes mature, if you will, in the unity of the faith and in the fullness of Christ, right? So he says, when, when God's people understand that they're each called to work and serve, then the body becomes strong and becomes mature. If you've ever had a, uh, really bad accent, or been laid up in bed for illness for um, you know like in the hospital for a few months for any reason, um, you have probably experienced some level of muscle atrophy and when we we know that with what happens when we don 't use certain muscles, they just start to deteriorate any muscle right if you don 't use a muscle, it deteriorates and it, and it just becomes it can become useless, and so we have to build those up And unfortunately, I think a lot of times the body of Christ is a lot like a body that's been laying in a hospital bed for a year and tries to get up and run a mile. You know, it just, like, it, it, it can't. I feel like sometimes we're just kind of wobbling around because the reality is is we're not strong because there's a lot of parts that have not been working out. There's a lot of parts that have not been putting themselves to use as God calls us to put ourselves to use. See, verse 14, he says, then when we do that as we grow up and mature, then we won't be infants tossed back and forth, right? We're not, we're not going to like just be chasing after different teachings. And I think that's another problem in the church. We, we chase after just, oh, well, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. Rather than saying, you know what? God calls me to do stuff. I'm going to get busy doing it, and, and I'm going to serve and I'm going to be a part of my church, and, and, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to mature through that. Instead, we just kind of like chase after these kind of different teachings and different things, blow us around, and, and we get, we're, we're weak because we're not doing what God is calling us to do. Instead, he says in verse 15, instead, as we speak the truth and love to one another, which is what I'm doing right now, right? By, by, and say, hey, I I'm, I'm tr- tr- want to be loving about it, but at the same time, the truth is we all need to be We all need to be involved in serving. He says, instead, as we do that, we'll grow. We'll mature into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined together and held by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. Each part has to do its work. You know, as I thought about that, this whole passage, and I was reflecting on it this week, I, I I thought about my kids, and uh, I have five kids. If you don't know, and um, three older ones and two younger ones, and and I'm proud of all my kids. But as I look at my older kids, I the younger ones aren't to this point yet. But I'm, I'm I'm proud of my older kids because I feel like they're all hard workers. You know, there may not be the hardest workers. There are some kids that are harder workers, but but they're all hard workers. You know, I've got two that are out of the house and. They don't depend on me for anything. They take care of themselves. They they don't ask me for money. They pay their rent. They pay their insurance. They do, they, they do all those things. Um, they, you know, um, my senior in high school, she pays for her car and pays for her gas and buys most of her own clothes and does all these kinds of things. And she works. They've always had jobs. They, they're hard workers. And this is not in any way insinuating anything about my little ones okay this is i mean, so don't jump to a conclusion let me finish this illustration my little ones not so much my little ones don't work hard they don't want to work now it'd be i, I can't compare that i can't compare and say oh well they're lazy I, I i don't do that what i do is i look at when my older ones were little I don't ever remember one of my children at any point in the entire 23 years that I've been a parent. I don't ever remember coming up to and saying, hey, you guys, it's time to do chores, and then going, Is it? Is it already? I couldn't wait. I was just sitting here waiting for you to say, when do we get to do chores? That's never once happened. Never. Right? And 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 it was a process. And yet, as a parent, it was my job as the leader. It was my job to raise them up in that. It was my job to discipline them in that. It was my job to say, no, we're not going to whine. And if you whine, I'm going to add another chore, right? And, 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 and to, to continue pushing that on them, right? I see parents looking at their kids. Yeah, that's right. That'll, yeah, <laughs> right? It was my job to do that. Why? Because I don't want them to be infants their whole life. I want them to grow up. I want them to become mature. See, now, was it easy? Did I have them do chores because it's a huge help to me? (laughs) No, right? As a parent, you know that, right? You can do it three times faster, right? Do it better, right? But I had them do chores because I want them to learn the value of work. I want them to grow up. I want them to learn that they serve a purpose. They're, they have things to do. They, this world isn't just here for them to get things from, right? That, that they have to do these things. So I discipline them and I push them, and it, it's a lot of work. It's way more work than doing it myself. But I do it because I want my children to grow up to maturity. I do it because I want them to see that value, they have value. You know, it's interesting, I think right now, if I were to tell my 23-year-old or my 21-year-old, hey, I don't want you to work the rest of your life, I want you to just hang out, I honestly think they would go, what, why? Why? They, they, they would feel like they, there's no value to that. They, they would feel worthless if they weren't working. They understand they need to do that because that's been taught to them, they've grown to maturity. But I don't think that would happen if I didn't train them up to do it. If I just let them do it, I don't, some kids, you know, there are some people that they just, they have that, right? But the, real, the reality is, I think if we just let them do that, then most of them are going to kind of grow up and kind of go, eh, why should I work? You know, some, someone will give it to me. And I think the same thing goes with the children. See, I, the job of the leadership is, is, you know, sometimes it might be hard and might, you know, we don't like hearing it, but the job of the leadership is to challenge everyone and to encourage us and, and uplift us to say, hey, we each have a purpose, and we each need to serve those purposes. And when we're not serving those purposes, the body falls. The body is not strong, just like I teach that in my kids not a help, right, when that, per, per se, Angie's job is to, Angie's job is to take out the little trash cans, right, and, um, and honestly, half the time, it's a waste, because the trash can's only this full, but it's teaching her that discipline, right, so, you know, but take, there's six little trash cans, it takes her an hour and a half, right, to walk around the house, and do, and then half the time, we find bags laying in other places, like, how, how did you even go in this room, why were you even here, you know, so, but, so it's not, it's not that it's a great help, But it's teaching her. And in the church, we are each called to serve a purpose. And it's the job of the leadership to challenge us to each serve those purposes. So as we talk about that, I want to talk about opportunities to serve. I want to talk about opportunities to serve. Now, as I say this, I want you to know. I feel so blessed to pastor this church. Because I feel like there are so many people that are just awesome at jumping in and serving where there is a need and, and stepping up. And I honestly feel like a lot of the people that aren't serving is oftentimes because they, they really just don't even know where they are supposed to serve. Sometimes it can be confusing to figure that out and, and where, where the needs are. And a lot of times we, we see things being done and we think, well, someone else is already doing that and I guess there isn't a need, you know, but, um, but, so, so I just want to encourage you. If you're someone who's serving, thank you guys so much. I, I know um, that so many of you are stepping up and doing some things. So I don't want you, if you're already plugged into ministries, this is, there's no, I don't want you to feel like, oh, this Shane's saying we need to do more. I'm also saying if you're not plugged into ministry, I'm not wanting you to feel guilty. That is, that's not the intention at all. I just want you to know what it, this is part of what it means to grow up into maturity in Christ. This is part of what it means, and, and I also want to help clarify some things today to maybe help you if you've been like, well, I just, I need to know where, and I need to know how, okay? So having said that, let's, let's talk about some opportunities. I just want to say the main thing is to start somewhere, you know? Find a place and, and figure out a way just to jump in to something. Um, don't, don't, don't just keep waiting, um, There, everything gets done, it's true. There's, there's things that get done. Not everything. You, you might be someone, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that sees things that aren't getting done. But the things that get done, most of it is done by volunteers. It's done by people that are putting their time in to volunteer to do these things. Um, and, and if we just let them keep doing it without a team, and we keep letting them do it without other people helping them, well, they're going to get tired. And, and they're going to feel overburdened. And they're going to feel kind of disconnected because sometimes they're out doing things by themselves all the time and they don't have a, you know, we're, we're meant to be together. And so we want to build a team. So even if other people are doing it, it's okay. Let's have two people doing everything. That'd be awesome, right? So we don't, don't just look and say that someone else is doing it. So that said, I want to direct your attention to these two cards in, in your, um, the chairs. And just encourage you to, if you're, if you're convicted at all today, to step up and to get involved in something, no matter how small, to fill these out, okay? they're, they're 2 I'll explain both. The next steps is if you're like, well, I kind of want to know a little bit more about this church before I do that. Take, take the step and take this class. We're going to start offering it again in March. We took a little hiatus because um, we were trying to figure things out with... Um, having three services on Sunday, having the evening service, it was just too much to do it all on Sundays. Um, So we're going to make it uh, um, a weeknight class. Um, But we've we've moved it to, you just have to take one class to start. We're going to combine it into two. It was four. We're going to combine it into two. We're going to do one class to start. And after that one class, you'll you'll pretty much know a little bit about the church. And then the second class is for more people kind of at another level uh, wanting to get even more involved, but one class, and uh, that'll be coming up. So maybe that's the first step for you. I would just say, take that, fill that out, and stick it in the offering. But then this is a serve card, and I would encourage you, and even if you're doing the next steps class, if, you have, if you're signing that one, to take this one out too and fill it out. And just, you see there's different things on there? Mark mark something you would be interested in. If you don't see something you're interested in, mark other and then there's a place where you can write what you're interested in doing. And maybe you're like, yeah, I would love to do this, but you don't see it on there. Write that on there. Maybe you, you have no idea what else you want to do. You just know, I don't want to do any of those things. <laughs> That's okay. Just mark other. Okay? Let, let us help you find what that area is and then fill that out. Now, here's the thing. Some of you have filled one of these out before and never been called. And I want to apologize to you. I want to personally apologize to you for that, okay? Because anytime you're leading something, the buck always stops with you, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to personally apologize to you that and take the fault on that, okay? But I want to encourage you to have some grace because most of the people that these get turned over to, like I said, they're, volu- they're volunteers that are leading this. And so sometimes, I don't know if any of you have ever gotten overwhelmed or overburdened or have too much on your plate. Anyone? 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 all you're all liars not a bunch of people with no hands up so um so the um the, that's why we're here right anyway um so <laughs> so the um you know they get overburned and and so they might have forgotten to call you and so i, I we apologize for that they did not do that on purpose it is it, nobody over did it on, like looked at you i guarantee you no one ever got the card and went <laughs> that person no, that didn't happen. Okay, that—that's not why they didn't call you. So don't take it personal, please. Um, but I, I'm going to give you this promise. I, I'm taking responsibility, but I'm also going to give you this promise. The number one priority of every person in leadership over the next two weeks is going to make sure we call every single person that fills out one of these cards in a, this week or next week. Okay, so this is your time to make sure you do not get overpassed, passed over. Okay, so fill that out, and and I. Please accept my apology if you've been hurt by someone not calling you. We, we apologize for that, okay? Um, so, there's opportunities. There's plenty of places. As we grow, there continues to be new ministries that are opening up and new opportunities. And I just want to encourage you to step into one of those opportunities because serving is contrary to our natural behavior. Serving is contrary to our natural behavior. So much so that here's the deal. Some of you are thinking, well, you know, I want to serve, but I don't want to serve inside the church. Now, some of you are already doing that. You are serving outside the church. Awesome. That's that's, uh, great. That's one of the greatest ways we want to see people serving. We want to encourage you to be out serving in the community. If we don't serve in the community, how else, you know, then we're just, remember we talked about being a bunch of lights all running into each other? We want to be lights out in other places. So that's awesome. And you've, you're that kind of person that just takes things on and does it. And you don't need someone kind of walking you through those steps. Others of you, you're not serving out in the community, but you keep telling yourself you're going to. So I don't want to serve in church because I'm going to do this. Okay? Eventually, I'm going I'm to do this. And I'm just going to be really frank with you. Chances are, if your idea is I'm going to serve somewhere else, but you're not doing it already, like you're not already involved in it, chances are you're never going to. I, I know that, that might, you might not like hearing that, but there's a strong chance that you're never going to do it. Because the reality is you're just someone who needs someone to come alongside you and, and give you those steps. That's okay. Most people are like that. Most people are like that. And, it, and it, it's hard to find the avenues, and it's hard to get things worked out. And, and you need someone to hold you accountable. I don't know about you, but I need people to hold me accountable on certain things. Things that are contrary to my nature, if I try to do them by myself, I do them for four days, right? And then I'm like, ah, how much do I really want to do that, you know? So I, I start rationalizing. So, so you need that, and you need to start small, right? I think a lot of us, we wait to serve until we, like, we're like, oh, God, want, you know, God wants me to start a soup kitchen, and I'm going to feed 400 people a week, and I'm going to, okay, who are you inviting over to feed this week? You know, we've got to start small. And, but a lot of times we're waiting for these big ideas. Starting within the church is a great way to start small because most of the service opportunities we have for you, we're basically saying, hey, can you give 30 minutes to two hours a month? That's, that's kind of where most of the service opportunities start. 30 minutes to two hours a month is where they usually start, okay? Then they grow from there, depending on if you, if you feel like you're maturing into that, and there's many of you that are doing that. So start within the church because that's one of the purposes. That's why we're here is to help you grow into that, okay? So that said, let me just close by giving you some ways to engage in an opportunity to help you find an opportunity and engage in it because it can be scary to step in into an opportunity. Okay, one, so, so practical advice for engaging in ministry. One, be available. Just learn to be available. Sometimes our schedules are so full, we don't even, like, we literally are going through our schedule in our mind right now and going, I don't know when I would volunteer. When would I volunteer for something? But I would challenge us that some of the things we're keeping our schedule full with are too me-focused, right? They're, they're things that serve me. So I can't f- serve you because I'm busy serving me. Remember what Paul said, keeping a sober mindset about this, right? I'm too busy with my stuff. Now, if you're a parent... My guess is it wasn't that you're too busy with your stuff, it's you're too busy with your kids' stuff. And some of you aren't going to like this. That's okay, you don't have to agree with me. My wife never does, so we're okay. Um, I would challenge you that that's where you need to start. You need to start backing off on what your kids do. If you're so busy that you don't have time to serve, that we've, part of what we need to do is teaching our kids to serve. I... Angie who walks around and leaves the trash bags all over? Isn't? If I don't teach her that, if I don't teach her the importance of that, she's not going to ever get to a certain age and go, "You know what? Everyone has made life all about me for this ent- my entire life." Everyone has done everything to serve me, driven me wherever I need to be, given me money for whatever I need, take, put me in, in all these sorts of things, done my science projects for me, done all, whatever, done all these things for me. Now I'm to a certain age, and I just decide I'm going to do things for other people. That is not going to happen. It will not happen. The only way that is going to happen is if I teach her that she needs to make that happen. So... Some of us, we need to clear some of that stuff in our kids' schedules as well, and we need to even make room for them to serve alongside us because that's how our children learn. That's, why, that's our responsibility as parents to make sure that there's time for them to learn those things. So be available. Second, pay attention. Pay attention. Look around you for needs. Chances are, we even paying attention to conversations, you can find people that you can just serve individually, just to having conversations with someone. Someone mentions they're out of work. Someone mentions they're going to the hospital. Someone mentions their their child is sick, or you know what? Bring you can bring them a meal. You can maybe they're out of work. You can write them an anonymous check to kind of help them through some things. You can. Um, bring some groceries over. There's all sorts of things we can do just by simply paying attention when we're talking to people, paying attention to the things around us. You may see things in the church because you pay attention and go and, and see something needs done. Guess what? You might be the only person seeing that. That's, that's great. That's an opportunity for you to step in and kind of help. Don't wait for someone to ask you. Third, use what you have. Use what you have. God has gifted you with certain things. You have different gifts than other people. You have, you have different resources than other people. You know, you have a home, you have a car, you have tools, you have um, things for the hobbies that you do, whatever it is. You have things that God has blessed you with. Use those to serve other people. I've always been jealous of guys who are mechanical. I've always wished I was mechanical. Um, my dad didn't teach me one thing about a car, like growing up. He didn't literally show me anything. And Um, and I always looked at people that could work on cars and do all these things in cars. And I was always just like, man, that would be so cool to be able to do that. And yet I was never good at it. So I tried doing different things. I, I, when I was younger, I tried replace, I replaced a starter one time, an alternator and a water pump. Okay. Now, all of those things, honestly, if you, if you guys are mechanical, you know, that's easy. Like those are like, they're not even in the engine, right? They're all these little things you just basically attach there and, hook two things up to it, and you're usually that's, that's what it is. Not one of them was I able to accomplish without calling one of my mechanical friends and saying, I can't do it. I have, I'm just not that way. I'm not very good at it. That's okay. Don't try to force what you aren't. Be who you are and be content with what God has given you. Next, there's no time like the present. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant, whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. What he's saying is, whoever's waiting for something to happen is never going to make something happen. Right? We're always like waiting for, oh, well, when, the, when my job gets more organized, I'm gonna, I, then I'm going to serve. When my kids get older, then I'm going to serve. Right? When, when we're not having this issue in our marriage, then I'm going to serve. When, when I, I have more money, when I've made a certain amount of money, then I'm going to serve. Right? I, you know how many people I've known that were going to start really getting involved in ministry once they got financially stable. And now that time has come and gone, and they're still, and I, I've had so many conversations with people, well, I just, I just got to work this to, well, guess what? Unless you are very, very different than most people, you're, just, you're never going to be financially stable when you have that mindset because you're going to keep spending what you make. So, so we've got, got to change that. To get, there's no time like the present. Jump in and do something. Next, there's no job too small. There's no job too small. Don't think of anything as a waste of your time. I love what John Wesley said. He said this. He said, do all you can, do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways you can and all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you can. I love that. That's just like, he's just basically saying, just figure it out and get in and do it. There's nothing too small relating to the idea of being a body. You know how many parts on your body that you don't even think about, right? I don't know, you know, if you're like me, I think, you know, my heart, my lungs, my hands, my eyes, my feet, you know, my brain, try to think about that one every once in a while. You know, those things, you know, that's, that's what I think about. You know how many little things are working on your body that you don't even think about and you don't even notice them until what? They're not working right. Then as soon as they're not working right, guess what the most important thing on your body is? That little thing. I, I don't know if you've ever had it. I had plantar fasciitis about a year and a half ago. And raise your hand if you've ever had plantar fasciitis. Okay. It's not very many. I never even knew what it was. Okay. But especially this little, I think it's a tendon. Tendon? Like this tendon right here, it, right? And, and it, I didn't even know I had a tendon there. I just know I have feet. They move around. They work. There's muscles and things in there going on. But I, I don't know, right? Man, I'll tell you what. Once that tendon torn. I knew that tendon was there all the time, and it changed my life. I, like, literally, I mean, I, I had to wear this big boot at night to keep my foot stretched out. Otherwise, when I woke up in the morning, it was so cramped up, I couldn't walk down the stairs without, like, holding on to things. I I had I couldn't... Like I couldn't run, I couldn't, if I had a day where I did have to be on my feet and walk a lot, like every Sunday for that year, every Sunday when I would go home, I would put my foot in a bucket of ice for like an hour just to like take the swelling away from standing so long. It, it changed a lot and it took like a year for it to heal. You see, we each have a small piece and if we don't do our part, we're breaking the rest of the body. There's no job too small. There's no job too small. Be faithful. Be faithful. Once you commit to something, stick through it. Don't say you're going to do something for six months or a year or whatever it is, and then just bail on that. Stick through it. So think through that. When you say you're going to do something, really think. You know, we—I don't know about you, but I'm—I I'm, uh, get energetic and I get excited about things. So sometimes I'll—I'll I'll say, "Oh yeah, I want to do that," and I'm going—I'll jump right in. And then I don't—I haven't thought through. I haven't thought through that, that that's not really going to work for me. And then in the past, I've been bad about like just dropping things on people. And God really had to teach me that's, that's not okay. When I, make a, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to commit to it, I need to be faithful to that. And I need to stand by that no matter what I'm thinking and what else is going on. Learn to be faithful in things. So, so if you make a commitment, stick by it. That's one of the reasons why we try to get people to think through and make time commitments to things that last a while. You know, hey, can you commit once a week for a month? Or can you commit one week a month for a year? Or can you m- commit three weeks a month for a year? But, but can you think that through and really commit to that? Because we want, we want to make sure we grow through that, and we want to make sure that we don't leave each other in a lurch. Next, see yourself as a steward. See yourself as a steward. When you see yourself as a steward, as, as, when you see yourself as the owner of your time, you're going to hoard your time. Right? When it's my time, I want my time for me. But when it's God's time, then I'm willing to be open to what God has for me and what God wants of me. And finally, see ministry as an opportunity, not as an obligation. See ministry as an opportunity, not as an obligation. I don't know about you, but when I feel obligated to something, I start dreading it. Right? right? When I feel like I have to do something, I'm like, oh, I got to go do that. I don't want to do that. Right? But when I see it as an opportunity to do something, it totally changes my mindset and my heart about it. All right, well, I'll close with this, you guys. I really believe that God is calling every one of us in the body to be a part and be active. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you if you feel convicted to fill out that serve card if you're not actively involved in serving. Or maybe you've, like, done some things and it's just been a while since anyone's called you and said, hey, yeah, we need that again. Or we, you know, sir, put down there, hey, just a reminder. You know, I, I'm, I'm available to do this. You know, whatever it is. Let's, let's all work together to serve every one of us is going to give our life to something everybody gives their life to something it might be your career it might be building wealth it might be a hobby it might be a sport it might be your family and make, just making it all about your family what are you going to give your life to because it's not how long we live this life it's how we live this life let's pray Father God I know that you created us to serve you. And so, God, when we turn our hearts to you, when we, we say, yes, I want you to be Lord of my life, you call us to work together as the body to serve your purposes, to serve you. Lord, we know that, like, unlike that video, things, it, it's these things are not what make you happy with us or we're not checking off a list or earning points so that we can someday be with you. But God, once we make the decision and we say, yes, I want to give my life to you, then God, you say that that means serving your purposes, living for your purposes, using the, the gifts that you call us to advance your kingdom. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.